This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, brought to you by Simply Be, fashion fit for everybody. Oh God, Lizzo, we can't forget Lizzo. Yeah, go Lauren, go. (laughs) Fucking love Lizzo. Okay, go. Okay, right. Laura, how are you doing after last week's episode? It was uh, it was quite a lot for us both to be that open and honest and sharing our stories, but I'm so so glad we did. Yeah, same. I think it was. Um, it, I think it's important. I think for us to have done that, and I'm proud of us for doing it um, because I think the more kind of open and vulnerable we can be, um, hopefully other people will do the same. And you know, it's it. They already are. We've already had so many messages, haven't we? Uh, and I just wanted to really just say thank you to every single person who has messaged and who has kind of reached out to us with their stories um, and been vulnerable with us because it you know it takes a lot of courage and it really does mean a lot it does and it warms my heart every time I read one and people being so open and honest and sharing their stories and it's a really very like it can be really overwhelming experience getting those messages from people but this is why we're doing this podcast and uh, after last week's episode you know kind of opening that door of talking about some really you know, traumatic stuff. Um, I definitely felt the wibbles, but let me tell you, the wibbles were all worth it because, you know, people have got similar stories to mine. I'm feeling a bit more confident and that's, to me, that's all worth it. Mm. So Lauren, we've got a fantastic guest today, haven't we? It's someone we've both been following for a really long time uh, and someone who's actually helped us on our journeys to sort of loving ourselves and living more unapologetic lives. Uh, hell yes, I bloody love her. So today's guest, everybody, she is an author, she's a content creator, and she's a journalist. It is Stephanie Yaboa. Whoop whoop. <laughs> How you doing today, Steph? Hi. <laughs> Hi guys, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so so excited. I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're good. So excited to have you here. We've got so many really cool questions and stuff. Um, but yeah, we're really pleased you're here. So before we even crack on, we have actually got a question for you. So, um, and it's something we have decided to ask all of our guests because mine and Nora's mantra is the way you look is the least interesting thing about you. So what we'd like to ask you is what is the most interesting thing about you? This is a bit of a nerdy answer. <laughs> um, I went I nerdy like as well. Don't worry. Go full Oh, nerd. did you? <laughs> oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. So for me, the most interesting thing about me is my ability to... Uh, be able to somehow keep and manipulate and influence time. What? And what? that sounds like such a mystical answer. But yeah. what I remember that is like- Tell me more. I'm like so good when it comes to predicting the time or predicting how long it's going to take for me to get places. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I was like a time lord in my previous life and they were like, okay, you're coming back as somebody that's really knowledgeable on it. But like, for instance, if I don't have like my phone or a watch or something, I, I always know what time I'm going to get to a specific <laughs> place without looking. And I'm always, I've never been more than three minutes out of each side. <laughs> And it's, I've never been wrong. And honestly, it is quite freaky, but like... Oh my God, a hundred guesses for your answer and I would not have got that you're basically the, a time <laughs> lord. Like you're... <laughs> honestly, Steph, you are inception lord. or oh, a time lord. So like, yeah, sure. <laughs> So, um, Steph, I'm a massive fan of your book, Fatally Ever After. I couldn't put it down. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. One of the things I really loved reading about was your experiences with dating and finding love as a plus size person. 
And I understand that you've recently found love, which is really, really great. And I'm so happy for you. Thank um, you. But I saw, I can... <laughs> Steph's making this like Angela really, face. Really, really like, cute face. I'm in love. <laughs> and I was so happy to see that online. Um, but the reaction was a little bit kind of strange, wasn't it? And I saw an article that you wrote uh, saying that um, some people had a bit of a weird reaction. Like, talk us through that. What happened? Yeah, it was really... It's, it's just so bizarre um unfortunately it's one of those things that I have become quite accustomed to receiving I also did stress in the article that I did receive an overwhelmingly large amount of praise and people being very very happy um but then there were like 12 or 13 messages that I received yeah it was just people saying things along the lines of you know I feel triggered by your new content by your new relationship I took solace in the fact that you know I had somebody that I could relate to who was also miserable and couldn't find love and so that is the content (laughs) that I wanted to see and I don't really want to see it like Mm. content of fat women being in love because it 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 makes me feel worse about my own situation and then they and then they announce that they're they're going to unfollow me and it's one of those things where it's like look your feelings about people getting into relationships like I don't I never want to invalidate anybody's feelings but keep it in the drafts you don't have to tell me that it kind of transforms the blame on me I never understood the need for people to sort of message and say I'm going to unfollow you because then it just yeah I'm really sorry you had to experience that that's so shit I think especially after everything that you have been through like your dating like struggles I mean some of them were kind of funny like <laughs> like you spoke about and like others not at all like horrendous mm-hmm. it's the two f's isn't it I know you spoke about this as well it's the fat phobia that you get from people like men that don't want to date someone who is fat and the, the profiles literally that are like will only date someone under a size 12 and it's like who who do you oh, think you are like to, to take that like honestly red flag and then the fetishism ones of people like, oh, I love like big, big women. Like, and that's really hard like to navigate, isn't it? Like, I don't know, like, did you find that as well? Yeah, it's, do you know what? It's always an interesting line to tread with that one because I don't want to kink shame. I do know and acknowledge that there are fat women out there who join these communities because, you know, they either have the fetish for like um, bigger men or they see it as a sense of empowerment. But for me personally, it's never been, I've never wanted to be objectified in that way because of my fat. I got to a point where I was so tired of being like everyone's wing woman and like being the one that's never seen Mm. in a group of friends going out or um, going to an event. And it was always like, oh, I like your friend. And it's just like, but what about me? (laughs) You know? I know, I hate that. And so yeah, online dating, it has it's quirks and it's good things but then it also has very very serious like negatives to it it completely takes away accountability as well so because they see us as like pixels on a screen and we you know you go out with them once or something and then the rest of the time you're communicating by text or whatever they can people can like ghost you or like neg you or breadcrumb you or all of these other dating terms and not feel anything that's tough I hope this isn't too sensitive to talk about um but one of the things that um, I I read was about the guy that you were chatting to online this was a while ago wasn't it who basically went out with you it was like a a, a dare like a bet Mm. I had 
left the relationship a relationship in 2017 so it was taking me a very long time to kind of get over the heartbreak and just going through the grief of it all and all of that kind of stuff and so I wasn't dating and I was very scared to date um because the reason that I had been broken up with was because my ex at the time said that I was the wrong kind of fat for him. So he liked bigger women. What is the right type of, like what, pardon? <laughs> yeah. So oh the God. right type of woman, according to him, was the kind of hourglass shape. So, you know, the kind of extreme hourglass, small small waist, big hips, big bum mm. kind of shape that we all have come to see sort of online with Instagram models and that kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, after two years of <laughs> being together, he was like actually yeah I don't like that what a dick what a dick get in the bin (laughs) yeah all of the confidence that I had accumulated in that relationship just just fell completely and so for like that year and a bit I was just very lost I had no confidence and no self-esteem and then I decided to kind of chance it and be like you know what gonna join an app and I'm just gonna try and put myself out there So I came across uh, this guy on the app and we spoke for quite a while, like during that day, like the the next couple of days, he seemed really, really lovely. We had like a joint love of like houseplants. And he just seemed really lovely. And I always thought to myself, you know, what? I can always kind of tell when someone's being a bit of a dickhead and I wasn't getting those red flags or vibes. So we decided to meet up and um we went on a date and I remember taking a selfie uh the night of the date and I put it on Twitter and I was like hey guys this is like my first date in like a year or two and I'm so nervous and wish me luck kind of thing and the date went well like he even bought me like an aloe vera plant which I thought was really sweet I was like oh um didn't notice any red flags it was lovely we agreed to go on a second date it was one of those cases where it was like wow, this is the first time that I'm actually being offered a second date. So one thing led to another, things happened. And then didn't hear from him. I was like, okay, fine. And then uh, I remember it was like, maybe like 9pm, I got an email from this guy who claimed to be uh, the guy that I was on a date with his friend and basically saying, um, you just stop contacting him because he's not going to contact you back. Um, The reason that you're not hearing back from him is because we essentially in our friendship group, we kind of dared him to sleep with a fat woman. And if he did it, we would give him like 300 pounds. Oh my God. Yeah. He went into like this long kind of essay of like why he felt bad, why he was reaching out to me. Fucking hell. Um, I didn't respond to him back. I, I kind of just sat there and marinated on it and just cried and just felt this utter humiliation. Yeah. I did a thread on Twitter where I linked back to that first tweet with my photo and I was like, date update, <laughs> by the way, uh, you know, Jesus, X, Y, yeah. and Z happened. And so that was the um, thread that went viral on Twitter. That was a very strange situation as well when it went viral, because it felt like there were a lot of people that were very sympathetic to what happened. And I received so many emails and DMs from fat women all over the world who this had also happened to as well. Really? But then on the other hand, I got loads of trolling from men, of course. Um, shocking. Shock. I mean, shock, horror. No, that is actually shocking though. How can they troll you for that? So they were saying things like, you know, um, 
if you weren't so fat, then that wouldn't have happened to you. <gasps> Why are you coming online no. to post your fails or to post like, you should have kept this to yourself. Um, this is what happens when fat women try to what? date. Like a lot of it became very racial, racially charged as well. Bringing like my race and my, like the depth of my skin tone into it as a reason as to why this would happen to me. I bizarrely had people in secondary school who used to bully me reach out to me on Facebook to laugh about it after not speaking to them for like what 15 years it was just that's the worst of the worst yeah but overall it was just a sense of utter humiliation as if like I just felt so dehumanized and it was just like well yeah this is just one of the plights one of the many plights of being fat (laughs) being a fat woman today it's so heartbreaking that like you said you received so many messages and dms from women around the world who this had also happened to this isn't an isolated incident like i'm heartbroken about that some women go through that and like men i guess on the whole who are doing this who find that funny like there's it's just awful yeah it's that can really destroy a person and I think that is I think it's very brave of you to talk about it it just makes me like honestly feel actually sick um to think about it I think it's disgusting I've heard because some people refer to it don't they as, um well the men that do it as pull a pig oh, I've heard that god it just makes me so scared about the world we live in and I think like what you were saying Steph about you know when you are visible online there's a lot of good and I've found a lot of good in the last kind of year or so when I've been doing you know this and having that community but god it makes me so fearful and just genuinely really fucking sad about some people's beliefs and the way that we are treated like you said as fat women like we are just people with beating hearts we're just like everybody else we deserve love and we deserve respect and that is just it's just criminal how do you bounce back from that? Uh, well, a couple of days later, I wrote an article and they, you know, I got paid quite handsomely for it. Because I was like, if he's going to get money off of yes, this interaction, I'm going to get money off of it as well. Yes, queen. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what? Two can play this game. Like, I'm not going to be left out in the dark here. So I wrote my little Refinery29 article. It doesn't make up for it, but it like, it helps. It's something, isn't it? It does, yeah. Lauren, how, does that make you like, how does that make you feel? Because like, you're just about to start like, like it's, oh, I mean, it must be scary. Yeah, I don't feel, so this is the thing, Steph, I, Steph, I don't feel good about starting it. I'm starting it because I need to, because I haven't dated for two and a half years. So scared. I've downloaded the apps. I've matched with a bunch of boys. I haven't spoken to any of them because I'm scared. So my question oh. to you, please, is mm-hmm. <laughs> like, give me all <laughs> the, the tips for the good stuff. Like, yeah, sure. So one of the things, I mean, one of the first things that I always say is, always upload full length photos of yourself always I always used to have a mix of depending on how many photos you're allowed to upload so if it was like six photos I would have like maybe two or three selfies and then three pictures I'll have like one on me on holiday I will have a bikini one because you know I want to slide a little thirst trap in there you know something to yes Okay, I need a thirst trap. <laughs> yeah, like this is me and my entirety. Like this is what my tummy looks like. This is what my thighs look like. Yeah. Like this is it. The second one is a bit of a controversial one because this is what I did for my profile. But I do feel a bit weird about it is that I put on my profile that I was fat, but I did it in a way that was humorous so that it didn't feel like it, I was like taking myself too seriously or being too like desperate or too dramatic or feeling sorry for myself it was just a case of me being like 
by the way, I'm fatter in real life. Or I would just make like a <laughs> little witty joke just so that they know, yeah, I am a fat babe. Okay, like this is this is it. And what that does is that it just naturally will just uh, filter out all of the dickheads and all of the gross people who, you know, who, who won't want to um, contact you. And it's like, when that happens, it's like those people are not for you anyway. So um, I did that. Also, yeah. go into yeah. dating with the mindset of you are the one doing the choosing. You're not there waiting to be chosen. So if you're matching with someone and they don't match with you back, it's nothing to do with you. You are the one that you're the one that's choosing the person that you want to have a good time with. And I think sometimes when you do live in a body that is not seen as like, you know, the standard of beauty, it's almost like even though we are on apps, sometimes we are perpetually like waiting for that person that we like to choose us or to swipe with mm. us or to contact us back. And it's like... It's almost like you're seeking validation yeah. sometimes, isn't it? And it's like, you know, we have to remember that we are the ones who are choosing the right person to be with us. So we are the ones that should be like yeah. very picky, very choosy. And if somebody doesn't reply back, then that's fine because there are always going to be um, others out there. Um, when you do go on dates, I always recommend like restaurant dates and like eat as well. Cause sometimes like, I used to be so nervous of eating yes. in front of men because I was like, oh, I'm already oh, fat. Same. And yeah. they're going to think that I'm da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. But now yeah. I'm like, go to a burger joint, like just like really stuff your <laughs> face. Um, because we all have to eat, right? And I'm just like, this person already knows what I look like. So it is what it is. And if the app has controls where you can speak audibly or on video, I would also utilize those ahead of time. And also arranging the date as soon as you can, because you don't want to be one of those situations where you're talking for a long period of time never really making a date. And then when it comes to the date, you go on the date and he's like, uh, actually, yeah, you're not my type. And then by that time, you've probably kind of begun to sprout feelings or like a little, there's a little flame for them there. And it makes the yeah. drop off a lot more emotionally painful than if you were to talk for like a day and a half and then arrange to meet up the next day. Um, you have to see these men as an Argos catalog. I'm sorry, like you just have to go into it being like, <laughs> What do I feel like having today? Like I'm going to do that. I love that my phone is now basically the laminated book of dreams. Like my phone is just going to be like... <laughs> that. Honestly, and- like arrange loads of dates as well. Like I would say don't try not... To, it's difficult, but like putting all your eggs in one basket sometimes can be a bit draining. So even if you arrange a date for like three times a week, three mm. different people, three times a week, then you'll begin it, You'll begin to see it as a game. Christ. Ooh, okay. You know, I, I know it's, it's a bit of like a full-time That's job. A lot. <laughs> no, I think I need that. Right, three days a week. Uh, I think all my, my photos are good. I'm going to post a thirst trap for sure yeah. because I think the, the, the boys of Tinder need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to crack on. Those are very good tips. Thank you. I think they're good. <laughs> Thank you. It's about knowing your worth as well, isn't it? Like you say, like I think sometimes we do, we seek validation from people. I know certainly when I was online dating, um, with the exception of my lovely husband, I will say, I, I, I definitely feel like I pitched myself lower and I definitely kind of didn't feel like worthy of like some people I'd look at and go, oh yeah, I'd really like to kind of get to know you or go on a date with you. And I didn't message them. I waited to be messaged. Mm. And then I would kind of like communicate with people that um, I would go on a, like a few dates with them. And then I'd be like, you're not 
like oh, how do I say this without sounding like a complete bigot <laughs> like they weren't on my level intellectually or like oh, I yeah, didn't really maybe fine. find them attractive so I was kind of going out of people that were like sort of like not in my league as such mm. because I didn't feel good enough I didn't really know why anyone would want to date me I think that's a really good point as well about what you said about meeting up quickly because um I don't know about anyone else but I'm certainly guilty of kind of like falling for people quite quickly I think and like you said there is that you can get like such an emotional connection from chatting to someone from weeks and weeks and weeks and I actually did that and then I went on a date with them and I felt like they're a completely different person in real life and I was just like like it was probably well no it was the worst date of my entire life and I remember thinking like god I've wasted three four weeks chatting to you like what a waste <laughs> and I know that sounds really horrible I mean but I've like wasted his time as well um so I think sometimes it's hard to have the confidence to like meet people quickly but that's where like your video chats come in isn't it I think yeah video chats are a great buffer because like I was the same like one of the main reasons why I would take so long to meet up with someone is because I would repeatedly be saying to them you know I'm fat right I'm fat I'm fat look at my Instagram I want you to be <laughs> sure that you know exactly what you're getting yourself into and then like during the um the times when I wasn't as confident and like my self-love journey was in its uh beginnings I would like do really bizarre things like try to lose like 10 pounds in like two or three weeks so that by the time that I do see them I may be just a little bit smaller and I realized that that kind of thinking was just very toxic um but I used to go like months like talking to someone and then it just not being what it was when we met up because again they would still see my weight as a problem so um yeah no I totally get like that whole kind of like yeah talking for weeks and not wanting to meet up with them however though so you have found some love and what I love is when we mentioned it at right at the beginning your little your face you just glowed a little bit that's a, that's a new yeah. in love glow look she's doing it now um, and I've got to say oh um, I miss those early days <laughs> I'm looking forward to those early days um yeah I've got to say your post and I think I commented on this as well the way you wrote it was so beautiful and I think even your opening line was something like you know I finally let myself feel worthy of love or it was something beautifully written and I was just like that's where I'm at the minute I do not feel it and then I was like oh no actually hold on a minute it can and your the two photos that you posted were so like oh so cute and so lovely um and so it's given me I'm not gonna lie I swear on my life Steph you've given me hope (laughs) Oh, I love that. Honestly, I was, I, I closed myself off to the idea of it. I was like, you know what? I, it's just not going to happen. I made a whole plan for myself. I said, by the time I'm about 34, 35, I'm going to freeze my eggs because I do want to have kids and I will just have them on my own. And I had like this whole plan of like how I was going to build a family on my own because I was so adamant, so adamant that I would never find love. And then, but all the while it was just kind of, bubbling under the surface with 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 the friendship with my now gosh boyfriend feels so weird to say (laughs) (laughs) say it loud and proud girl yeah like that that friendship like we've known each other for 10 years 10 11 years now but we've only ever been friends and so that was kind of being nurtured in the background and I was like oh yeah you know I've got my best friend here and he's always being really nice and supportive and stuff and um it just kind of you know over lockdown kind of blossomed into into something else and um it very much took me by surprise because I and in the first kind of moments of where we realized that we liked each other I reverted back into saying things like um like why do you like me I don't get it why do you like me you know that I look like this like I don't feel like I'm worthy of 
of your love and he'll always like be like why do you like why would you say that like you're somebody that you know speaks loudly about self-love and knowing your worth but when it comes to us why are you suddenly saying that I'm not gonna like you and you don't think you're worthy and I'm just like I I don't know like I reverted back to 14 year old Steph who always had a terrible time with dealing with boys being really horrible and it kind of like it was almost like a trigger a trigger for me but after I kind of got over that it's I won't lie it's still very it's still very weird and very new to actually be desired because desire is not something that I've ever seen as synonymous with me or anything that I do like I've always been like either cute or just like the, the the best friend type of person and so to be seen in a way that I've always wanted to be seen is just so bizarre to me it almost feels like it's happening to someone else but oh no you deserve it you so deserve oh, thank it you. and um it, yeah that is so um, I think that's probably quite a common thing but like yeah you're so you so deserve it you're so worthy of love like we're all worthy of love like it doesn't matter what we look like and you know I know it sounds so cheesy but like I truly genuinely believe like like you you are beautiful stuff like you're absolutely beautiful woman but I just think like you are beautiful inside and I think you can be it's like that Roald Dahl quote where it's about if you have good thoughts and good words and that then it will show in your face and you'll never be ugly and stuff like that and I think it does kind of come from within and I'm so glad that you're kind of like I know it's hard um but I'm so glad that you're finally kind of realizing that and I hope that really continues for you especially I know that you were really badly bullied weren't you when you were a lot younger about 14. Ooh, that was a time so I went to like um my secondary school from the first day I was bullied, like when we were getting enrolled <laughs> to school because of my surname, I guess a lot of the uh, kids there hadn't heard like a Ghanaian surname before. And so that kind of stuff I could kind of deal with because it's like, okay, it's just my surname. But then it was like, oh, she was probably one of the, I was one of two fat girls in the whole year. And there was another fat girl in my year called Charlene. and But she was like, she never got bullied because she was so confident. Like she was even bigger than me, but she was confident. And so I always thought to myself, man, if I had her confidence, then maybe I wouldn't have been bullied. Um, but I was very quiet in school. I was a bit of a nerd. I was the one that would get to school at 7.30 to help the teachers out. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I was <laughs> such, I was such. And that, I, it was just, yeah, it was actually really, I can, yeah, it was just really humiliating (laughs) Um, but even outside of that so I was predominantly bullied um because of my weight and because of my skin not because I was black but because of the the shade of black so because of because I'm dark-skinned and um yeah unfortunately a lot of it was um physical bullying and verbal stuff it got to a point where when I was 14 I was diagnosed with depression and it was just something that I just never told anyone like even getting the appointment with the GP so I think I remember making up an excuse to go to the GP on my own I think it was something to do with like my period or something like that and my mum was away traveling for work so I was with my dad and my dad was like periods I just go like (laughs) you didn't didn't want to know so that was how (laughs) that was how I was able to navigate that but um I became very very quiet and the more 
I was getting bullied, the lower I became, the lower I became, the more I ate because it filled the hole. So it was like a, a circle where I got mm. bigger and bigger and yeah, bigger and it that. was piling on the pressure of the of the bullies and, and things like that. And so, um, but yeah, it took a lot for me to kind of rebuild myself from being virtually a mute um, in school. Like I never spoke to anybody and I was just walking around in fear all of the time. Um, so yeah, it's just wild to kind of think back on it now. Yeah, I bet. But it feels like, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I always I always find it really bizarre when people say that like school, the school days are your best days of your life because for me, they were the worst, the absolute worst days of my life. And there was a group of girls in my um, secondary school, which we called the Plastics, and they were legit like the girls from Mean Girls. And like, I remember just feeling like so, so inferior and like, yeah just like just hating every minute of school and like, I couldn't even buy clothes that fit me because I was like it was before the days where you could like buy clothes online as a fat person like a lot more easily so I was wearing clothes that didn't fit me or men's clothes um, and I remember just hating it and like every time now like I hear someone say like oh school days are the best over I'm just like no they're not like I don't know I just think that's quite negative to teach young people because if you don't like school and then you're told oh, these are your best yeah. days. Like, what's to come? Like, Jesus, I need to know it gets better, like not worse. Um, I don't feel like your school days define you. I think um, I, I was really badly bullied in primary school and not so much in secondary, just felt like a complete outsider and loser in secondary school mainly. Um, but in a way, like I kind of like, it shaped me now. I think I have a lot more empathy and I think mm. I am a sucker for an underdog and I think it's made me more resilient and those things. I wish I hadn't gone through it, obviously. I wouldn't wish it on anyone really to be bullied but you know like it's just it's just sadly it's just one of those things but like yeah I just wish people would stop saying that school days are the best best years of your life because well maybe if they are for some people but for me and sounds like you they certainly weren't I am so bloody glad that the 485 days of January are finally (laughs) over been 84 it's, years it's been 84 <laughs> years since christmas right do you remember christmas not really no no but it's a good job because our next holiday is literally around the corner uh and i know you're married laura it's not that one it's not the v one it's the other one no <laughs> oh galentine's galentine's yeah. i love <laughs> <laughs> and as leslie nope said it is the best day of the year it's I love me some Galentines. Do you? Should we should we do something? I feel like we need to do a little date. I think we need to do date what day. do you fancy doing? Well, I mean it's us two. I think we should probably go and see a musical. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> should we go and see a musical? Yeah, and can we go for afternoon tea and wear some really beautiful Simply B dresses, please? Oh, I'd really like that. That sounds can super we do cute. That? Yeah, I'm I'm all about that. Okay, let's do it. Let's dress up fancy. Let's go and see a musical and have a really nice Galentine's Day. I'm feeling floral dress probably boots ankle boots because it's still freaking cold yeah uh yeah i'm loving they've got some really nice floral dresses in at the moment actually you know i love a floral you do love i'm a literally floral. i need to join like floral midi dress anonymous <laughs> um because my wardrobe is literally full of simply be floral midi dresses so but I'm, wearing one, I'm wearing one right now <laughs> she yeah she, um, is, she looks fabulous i do it? i do and i think i'm gonna treat you to me wearing a red dress <laughs> 
watching. <laughs> so I'm going to wear my red dress to our Galentine's date. Oh, that's cute. I know. And I've, got I my, I've got my new Simply Be red dress, which I love. Um, and do you know what else I love as well? Is that quite a lot of the, the dresses, so your, your floral dresses, they do in top versions mm-hmm. too. So... Yeah, if, if you don't feel like wearing a dress that day or you're more of a jeans girl than a dress girl, you can still wear them and you can dress them up really easily. Yeah, they've got a lot of the styles that are, like you say, like in dresses, they've got the same style, haven't they, in mm. the tops. Um, and I think, yeah, jeans and a nice top. Simply jeans and a nice babes. top! <laughs> <laughs> and we've even got a cheeky discount code for all of our fabulous listeners, haven't we? Uh, so if you want to buy a dress or a top, treat yourself this Galentine's slash Valentine's Day, uh, which I think everybody should... Um, then go for it. We're using our discount code. Hell yeah. And the code is POD20. That is P-O-D and the number's two zero. And you can get 20% off. Hello, I'm Florence Given, artist, feminist, and best-selling author of the book Women Don't Owe You Pretty. And this is my new podcast, Exactly. I'm fascinated by different perspectives and philosophies on life. So in this first season of Exactly, we're diving deep into five topics of conversation. Sex, social media, feminism, relationships and body image, and exploring them all from different angles. I'll be chatting to an amazing roster of guests, from psychologists and doctors to cultural commentators and celebrities. And I want to hear from you as well. I'll be taking your questions, calls and voice notes so that you too can benefit from their advice and enlightenment. Please join me. I guarantee it's going to be a wild ride. We're going to learn so much and we'll have a laugh along the way. Out now. Listen and follow exactly with me, Florence Given, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like not a lot of people know the the kind of true origin of the body positivity movement. And now that I do know it, I, I feel like obliged like I don't know it's like a passion has kind of ignited in me about kind of telling people about it because it's I don't know how you feel about it Steph but like it definitely feels to me like it has been hijacked um as far as I understand it the body positivity movement was actually originated in the 1960s of the fat liberation movement and it was predominantly led by black fat women who felt like they were marginalized from society and it was about kind of giving them a voice and giving them power. I'm uh, just wondering if I should just not talk and let you talk and explain it. Because <laughs> it will probably sound much better coming from no, you. No, literally, like, you've... No, honestly, like, you've got it in one. Like, it was a movement that was around, like, in the US, like, in the 19... Sort of late 50s to early 60s. And it was predominantly black women and um, some Jewish women as well. Um, and they created this movement, which unfortunately didn't last for that long. It was about maybe like five or six years before the specific organization, I think they closed it down because there was like some internal disagreements or something like that. Uh, But it also coincided with the upcoming trends that were being perpetuated by the media. So we had like Farrah Fawcett and like James, like the Bond girls and like bikini bodies and, you know, all of these kinds of images that Hollywood were bringing out. So 
as we have body trends that tend to last like every three to five years, it's a new trend. Um, in the States, you know, they were having like the whole 70, like 60s and 70s lean athletic body type thing. So the movement slowly kind of fizzled out. And then it wasn't really until like the mid, the, the early to mid 2000s using platforms such as Tumblr, Facebook groups, um, live journal, where black women predominantly in the US started writing essays and poems and think pieces and creating this amazing community of women where they could celebrate their bodies and talk about the things and the oppression that fat bodies go through on a daily basis. So it was a huge undercover community. And the problem that you have is when you have like a new community that is preaching about something quite radical, corporations and brands and companies want to kind of leech off of that in order to go either to go viral or to make money from it. So what we started seeing was we started seeing brands create body positive campaigns. We started seeing them create larger clothing sizes. Now, for the most part, I think that is one of the best things that the body positive movement has produced in that now we have wider access to fashionable current clothing which is great because we didn't have that before um Mm. but outside of that it just began a case of okay so there's a lot of money being put behind the body positive movement and unfortunately as we know sex will always sell so these brands will always look for the most palatable body type um and unfortunately models that we would see being seen as the the spokespeople or the you know the leader of these movements were often smaller fat women or mid-sized women um who were generally white or light-skinned um high cheekbones big boobs big bum small waist you know your iskra lawrences your ashley grahams you know all of these women who aren't actually fat yeah they are more mid-size so they are like between your size 12s to size 16s at the very most um we saw brands padding smaller models with padding for their plus size um offerings instead of actually using fat models and so it was this thing where it was like okay so we're going to support body positivity but only if you use these women who we still see as desirable and attractive and unfortunately what that did was that it took away the voice and the perspectives and the visibility of all the women behind the movement who had worked to get it to where it was. So that meant we didn't really see a lot of visibility from disabled fat women, from black fat women, women of uh, fat women of color and larger fat women. So, you know, I've had Mm. messages from women who are like a size 24, 26, 28, saying that they don't feel a part of the body positive community because it seems to only represent those who are between a size 12 and 16. And so that in that way, that's how it has kind of been commodified and hijacked by women whose bodies are still seen as quote unquote normal and they can sort of get around navigating life, not having that many problem so to speak with regards to how they're seen socially and so for me I I don't consider myself to be part of that movement anymore because it doesn't represent me or sort of the women that look like me so yeah that's kind of it in a nutshell yeah and I think like that's such a shame isn't it now that I know what I know about the body positivity movement I think I'm very aware of it and I can kind of see it and kind of call it out but I do find it really frustrating when you see 
like you said, people contorting their bodies to like show that they've got roles when in fact they haven't. Um, I think it's really good that people of different body types and people maybe who've got like the, what they call mum tums or they're kind of maybe they've put on weight because they've had a baby or because of the pandemic or just for whatever reason. I think it's good that we're talking about it. I think what's just really important for me, I don't know how you feel about this, is that they're not using that body positivity term because it isn't for them. I think people need to understand the history and the importance of it. So it's like, talk about it, talk about your insecurities. I think the more we do that, the better, because whether you're a size six or 26, we all have insecurities and hangups. I think it's just important that the origins of that movement is are respected and spoken about. I agree. Everybody's going to feel some way about their bodies and nobody should, you know, be going around invalidating everybody else's experience. But it's just you cannot use that movement to centre yourself or to centre privileged bodies. And I think ultimately that's it. It's not a movement that is supposed to be centering or celebrating bodies that are considered societally privileged and normal. It's to celebrate and to put visibility on bodies that aren't seen as that, bodies that are still seen as, you know, grotesque or lazy or ugly, um, bodies that still lack a lot of the privileges that people who are a size 12, 14, 16, maybe even 18, you know, can can still get away with and still have. And so that is what that movement is for. So like you said, I'm all for people talking about their issues, but I think it's just that there needs to be a way in which you can talk about these things without centering smaller bodies in it, basically. And to also highlight and, and you know, call attention to the fat advocates and things who came before you to kind of you know raise this community up oh definitely because I think what we see a lot now is like you say and I think what I'm really aware of is seeing brands using the term like body positive like Victoria's Secret did it recently I have to say oh, it really pissed me off <laughs> they're still around like right <laughs> right how and it's like I look at those models right like those those models they're, they're stunningly beautiful and there's nothing wrong with looking like that and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm always really conscious of kind of upsetting anyone or anyone who's got that body type but they are in a very they're very privileged right they've, they don't know what it's like to, to be in a bigger body and like so that now now that it's um profitable and now that it's trendy to kind of be body positive they launched this body body i'm doing the air quotes by the way everyone i'm doing air quotes body positive because it was literally like mostly like the the standard victoria's secret model like size zero size four kind of look and then a few kind of people with some curves so like i'm talking like size 12 14 and what we often don't see from brands when they do a body positive campaign is bigger like I'm talking fat black women and also black women of a darker skin tone mm-hmm. it's always like you say like the Ashley Grahams of the world and it's like it it shouldn't be like a one of each like it I don't know just sometimes it just feels like a gimmick to me yes absolutely the tokenism is a lot like if you're going to talk about body positivity and and self-love and fat women being represented in fashion or beauty or whatever you have to back that up And that is using models who are actually like fat, fat. Like I'm so annoyed sometimes when I, if I want to buy an outfit and I go onto like the website and I'm looking at the models modeling the outfit and they're like a size 12 and it's just like, okay, but this is like a slim fit 
you know, a bodycon dress. Like my fupa is going to be all over the place. She doesn't have a fupa. I need to see <laughs> someone with a fupa so that I know what it's going to like hang yes. like on me. And it's just like, and it's annoying right. because there are so many yeah. like larger fat models in the UK and the US who are not being utilized because the fashion standard for quote unquote fat is like a size 12 or 14. And it's ridiculous because that is not, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just wild. It's so sad. And like, I even look at like, so Marks and Spencers, right? They go up to a size 24 in most of their clothes mm-hmm. now, which is great. And yet every single model on their website is a size six. And it always says like model wear size six or size yeah. eight. And it's like, where is the diversity there? Like, I want to see what clothes look like on me. I always just think like, think of the money they would save in returns more than anything. Like (laughs) me with like a business head on. But also like, yeah, I just want to see, like if you go up to a 24, why are your models a size six? I don't understand it. It's almost like they think that that's what we aspire to be. Like, no, I just want to see what it looks like on my bloody body. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like, are we asking too much? Do you know what is really wild? As you were saying that, I quickly went onto the MNS website and I haven't seen a model that looks over a size eight. It's actually wild for their curve selection. I'm not wrong. You are completely right. Like every model I'm scrolling down and they're all tiny. And it's like, but this is, this is for your curve range. (laughs) Like, gosh, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, that's so infuriating. It's so infuriating. Me and Laura talk about, you know, the importance of representation of seeing bigger bodies in movies, TV, magazines, online, all of it. Um, with you, you have an extra layer of that, you know, having no representation of bigger black women, what impact did that have on you as, a, as an older woman? It made me feel like being black was less than. Um, there was barely any representation in the UK of larger black women at all. And could probably count on like one hand how many, you know, super popular, larger, fat black women are um, popular in the UK. In the US, there are a a few more, but growing up, I rarely saw anybody that I felt that I could connect to, um, with the exceptions being like Missy Elliott, um, who I like, as soon as I discovered her, I just latched onto her and didn't let go because she was this amazing <laughs> fat black woman who was like rapping and singing and dancing this amazing choreography. Outside of that, uh, the only times I would really see fat black women being represented were, unfortunately, if we were being depicted as slaves or servants or the sassy black friend that helps the smaller white friend, you know, get mm. the guy oh. or get the job. Or, yes, that's so common. Yeah, just being presented in like a series of tropes. And it was just incredibly frustrating because it felt to me like the media was saying that we are only good as help we are only good to build other people up we didn't really have any value or beauty or worth of our own so growing up it really did make me resent my skin tone to the point where I as a teenager I went through a period of bleaching my skin because I wanted to be lighter skinned I wanted to have the benefits of what being light skinned would bring me um Fortunately, it did not work out. But yeah, I went through this whole kind of identity crisis with my skin tone because I just kept seeing darker skinned black women and darker skinned fat black women being dehumanized in the worst ways possible. Um, So it wasn't until I did come into the body positive movement when it was what it was supposed to be back then and seeing women who look (laughs) like me being able to be soft and vulnerable and super feminine and us being allowed to be have that vulnerability and that innocence is what really 
made me begin to fall in love with myself again and to try and advocate to see more um, racial diversity within the scope and field of media and fashion and beauty and things like that. What I'm seeing, and I hope this is the case, that we're seeing a lot more representation of bigger black women um, in TV, film and music. And I understand... Laura, all Laura said to me was she she's like she tantalised me with this little like teaser. She was like, "There's something about Steph and Lizzo." And I was like, "Pardon? So please take it away and tell me about Lizzo." Oh, Lizzo, Lizzo is definitely. I mean, I've been following, I've been watching and following her career since like 2017. Um, and I have always been a big fan of hers, and she has definitely represented many firsts for black plus size women across the world she has opened up the accessibility when it comes to like uh high fashion and just being like you know i don't want to um i don't want to sorry the moon really threw me off there i just looked outside and the moon is like really mooning right now <laughs> like it's huge oh my god okay let me not let me not <laughs> Oh my god, I've never seen it like that before. That was a real like getting distracted by shiny things. I'm so sorry, that really distracted me. Um, Yeah, so uh, Lizzo has been a huge inspiration to me. Like she is the visibility. She is the person that I needed to see when I was a little girl. Um, She, and I, I love that she is now becoming that person for other fat girls who want to be entertainers or other young fat black girls who didn't feel represented in a positive way within the media she is that for them and she is still that for me she is like you know I don't want to compare her to anyone but she is kind of like our fat Beyonce like I do kind of feel like (laughs) she is like that all singing all dancing like flute playing and rapping and on stage and she is she is just incredible and so when her um album sorry not when her album when she was on the cover of Vogue I freaked out I bought like eight copies because I was like I have to cement this like I never thought in my lifetime I would ever see a fat black woman on the cover of Vogue and I remember when I saw it I burst out crying because I was like this is so monumental for so many of us who never felt beautiful or pretty enough to be on the covers of Vogue and so I wrote a tweet (laughs) I wrote a tweet saying um I highlighted some of the shoots some of the images from the Vogue shoot and I was like I said something along the lines of I never thought I would ever see a fat black woman on the front cover of Vogue and it got some retweets and stuff and then I want to say like a month later my TikTok notifications were going off and I was like what's happening what's happening what's happening because I don't really post on TikTok I just go there to like watch other people and laugh um so I saw that my TikTok mentions were going off and then I go onto TikTok and I watch Lizzo's TikTok post and she screenshotted my tweet and basically what she did was she kind of superimposed images of loads of plus-size black women in high fashion looking amazing so she was kind of like using that tweet as inspo to shout out herself and other fat black women and it was just amazing however I think people misinterpreted my tweet and they saw it as 
me throwing shade at Lizzo because I said something like, oh, I never thought I would see a fat person on the front cover. So people definitely misinterpreted it. So people started to drag me. I started getting dragged and I was like, guys, no, what I'm saying is I never thought I would see it. Like, I was like, excuse me? And it got to the point where it got so bad that Lizzo had to get onto her IG stories and actually tell people to leave me alone. It's like, it was just... It was so bad. And you met her, didn't you? What? Yes, you met Lizzo. <laughs> it was like a year or two, a year, a year and a bit before that happened. And um, I have like a really good friend of mine who used to work at her record label um, in the UK. I got a DM from her and she was like, oh, Steph, um, you know, Lizzo's in town. And I was like, yes, why? <laughs> she was like, oh, well, you know, do you want to come to, um, do you want to come and see her perform? I was like, why on earth would you ask? Yes, absolutely. So then I rushed home. <laughs> it was just me just assuming that I was just going to see her in this really small club in this bar and um, got there. Like she was obviously incredible. But at that moment, I felt like a 10 year old, like 10 year old me. I was seeing this amazing representation that I'd always wanted there live being amazing, looking amazing and being what I needed to, to see. Because when I was younger, um, my dream was to like uh, sing on West End. Like I love singing. So do we. Yeah, same dream, babe, same dream. <laughs> I, I, love, I love to sing. And so, you know, I took myself out of the game of, you know, trying to go to uh, like the Brit school and stuff. Like I auditioned and everything, but then I got last minute nerves. Oh. And I was like, Do you know what? I haven't really any, I haven't seen fat people here and I feel like I would stick out and I don't think I would belong. So I took myself out of the game, which is one of my biggest regrets, but oh, yeah, but to see her doing it, I was just, and then I, <laughs> everyone was dancing and singing into her music and I was just standing still staring at her and I just burst out crying. Oh. Little did I know that in the corner of the club, one of her US uh, record label execs had, <laughs> saw me because I was the only one that was not moving I was just in tears and she came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder she was like are you okay and I was like I'm not okay this is just a moment that I'm I need to cement because I never thought I would see this and I'm such a big fan and then she was like oh you're so like this you're so adorable this is so sweet and then she was like um do you want to come backstage and and meet her and I think I like passed out for like a minute and a half. Oh, I was what? like, <laughs> I was like, what? And so, yeah, after her <laughs> set, went backstage to meet her. And the 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 sheer joy that I felt, like I, she's so incredible. And she ran up to me and like hugged me. And she was like, I know who you are. And I was like, excuse me? No, you bloody do not know who I am like I know who you are and then she was like um yeah I read your article about that whole pull a pig thing like that was a a, that was terrible and I was like oh my god she knows who I am she read my article and I think oh my god I just kept having like my heart was just beating very irregularly for like the next like 20 minutes I was like is this a fever dream (laughs) this feels like a fever dream and so we hugged and we shared stories about how we felt growing up and I was just crying the whole way through my friend caught this all on camera it was so embarrassing and I was like you mean so much to me gonna need to see oh my gosh yeah I need to go into my into my phone it's definitely there but it was just like 
Yeah, it was the one of the best moments of my life. And I felt like a little girl meeting her idol for the first time. And it's a moment that I will always treasure because she's really opened the doors for so many of us to feel seen. And it was yeah. definitely, I mean, she has a whole yeah. chapter in my book where I'm just literally just waxing lyrical about her because she did that for me. And so I wanted to <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, she does. To, I wanted to be that for other women. So she really inspired me to kind of, be, be allowed to open myself up in a way that other women could feel seen as well. I love that. And I think you're really definitely doing that. And um, I agree. I think just love her. Every time I'm having like a bad day, I'm always like, what would Lizzo do? Like, what would Lizzo tell me? Honestly, Literally, I'm like, right, I feel like shit about myself today. Like, and I'm okay. And then I'm like, I check myself and I'm like, Lizzo would not be... She would not be okay with this. No, she would eat a taco and she would go and play the flute and have a great time. <laughs> I love that. Like the way that she like, she just slides into like Chris Evans DMs and she just slides into people's DMs. I'm just like, I need I that know. confidence. Like she's amazing. He slid right back. He I did. need that also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gives us hope. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so Seth, right at the end of your book, after the the, uh, the Lizzo chapter, uh, is a letter that you've written to your body, and it had um, it had me in tears. I was reading it, like kind of just really. I don't know. I just felt really connected to it. There was a lot of stuff that I resonated with. Basically, it was it was very sad and very poignant, and it got me thinking that I think this would be a really great exercise for for us to do, for me and Lauren to do, and also one for our listeners to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not homework. <laughs> We're a bit old for that, and we hate school. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's a letter to yourself, isn't it, Steph? From when you were kind of younger and like obviously not you know you're not happy in your own skin and it's kind of like an apology isn't it to kind of like the way that you felt about your body so that is going to be our task for this week I really hope that you'll get involved but I think it's something that um I know will be quite traumatic maybe even to write but I'm hoping we'll you know there'll be some catharsis in there as well Steph I adore you Uh, like I'm so happy that you've come on the podcast thank you so so much that was just brilliant I could talk to you for days oh thank you so much for having me on guys this was so fun honestly this is like amazing and I just there just needs to be more media by fat babes like I love it we need to really like make our mark in it so thank you guys for for doing this and for being the beacon for other people to kind of look up to and be inspired by so thank you guys so much oh bless you So welcome to our first official On The Plus Side segment, Laura. Still obsessed with that name. I love that name so much. So we asked uh, people on our Instagram stories um, things that they're proud of achieving lately and we had some awesome answers. We did, yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but every time someone mentions something they're proud of, I always just think of that thing in Miranda, you know, like that. What have you done today to make you feel proud? I mean, sign us up, give us a record deal. No, some of the answers were great, though. We had one listener who said that she walked around the beach in a swimsuit for the very first time. Woohoo! Woohoo! Someone else who didn't weigh themselves. Oh, my God, that's uh, so good. Celebrating that victory. Uh, love this one. Someone who washed their hair for the first time after 18 days and they put the hashtag depression. Oh, my God. Well done. That can be such a hard task that when is you a, are depressed. That is a, such a huge achievement. So, um, yeah, that's amazing. That's really made me smile and I'm hope, I hope they're doing okay today. Yeah, we're sending you love. Um, we had another listener who said they have stopped caring what size they are and are choosing to be happy in themselves. Woo-hoo! We love that. Yes, yes, we yes. live for that. That's what we're here for. 
<laughs> yeah, and we also have a really supportive. Um, I was about to say hubby, and then I was like, I hate that word. Very support supportive husband <laughs> who uh, has uh, written in to say that he's very proud of his wife for what she's achieved and what she's overcome in learning to love herself. Oh my god, we're here for the supportive friends and family. Um, loving it, love that. Oh, those are some really good they answers. Were great. So thank you so much to everyone who sent those in. Um, remember, if you want to send your own story in, uh, so something you're proud of or your questions, you can DM us on Instagram at Go Love Yourself Pod, or you can email us at Go Love Yourself Pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I've absolutely loved today's episode. Please make sure you join us next week for a Valentine's Day special. Twitch twoo. <laughs> See you then. Bye. That was Go Love Yourself, brought to you by Simply Be. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.